ओम ज्ञान चिरंधस्यज्ञानंजनशलाकाय Arjuna said, "O King, the supreme personality of Godhead Hari, who treated me exactly like an intimate friend, has left me alone. Thus, my astounding power, which astonished even the demigods, is no longer with me." Purport. In the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says, "Anyone specifically powerful." and opulent in wealth strength beauty knowledge and all that is materially desirable is to be considered but a product of an insignificant portion of the complete whole of my energy no one therefore can be independently powerful in any measure without being endowed by the lord when the lord descends on the earth along with his eternal ever liberated associates he not only displays the divine energy possessed by himself but also empowers his associate devotees with the required energy to execute his mission of incarnation it is also stated in the bhagavad gita that the lord and his eternal associates descend on the earth many times but the lord remembers all the different roles of incarnations whereas the associates by his supreme will forget them similarly the lord takes away with him all his associates when he disappears from the earth the power and energy which were bestowed upon arjuna were required for fulfillment of the mission of the lord but when his mission was fulfilled the emergency powers which were the, the emergency powers were withdrawn from arjuna because the astounding powers of arjuna which were astonishing even to the denizens of heaven were no longer required and they were not meant for going back home back to godhead If endowment of powers and withdrawal of powers by the Lord are possible even for a great devotee like Arjuna or even the demigods in heaven then what to speak of the ordinary living beings who are but figs compared to such great souls the lesson is therefore that no one should be puffed up for his powers borrowed from the Lord the same man should rather feel obliged to the Lord for such benefactions and must utilize such power for the service of the lord such power can be withdrawn at any time by the lord so the best use of such power and opulence is to engage them in the service of the lord as arjuna is astonished that he's lost his astonishing power arjuna's power which astonished others arjuna took as normal for himself He thought, I, "I'm so powerful. This is me. I'm like that." Now he's realizing that the power is given by Krishna, and Krishna can take it away. It's not my power. I don't have any personal ability. Hiranyakashipu attained great power by performing austerities, and then. getting the blessings from lord brahma was like the the blessings he was given like by lord brahma he was practically taken by force that you give me these blessings otherwise by by the power of his austerities the whole universe was going to be placed into a very difficult position either way it was placed in a very difficult position either by hiranyakashipu's austerities which were 
immediately giving so much suffocation and suffering to the earth or, or otherwise by uh, what he would do with the power when he got from it so he is very powerful and very proud of his power and now he becomes so strong but he found that Prahlad was more powerful than he because Prahlad could defy his power so when he asked Prahlad what is the source of your power because he thought what did this what did this little boy do I went to so much trouble to get my power and he's more powerful than me because he can defy me. So where did he get his power? Where did you get your power from? He was in, at that point, Hiranyakashipu practically admitted his defeat before Prahlad. When, when he said, where do you get your power from? That means he's actually admiring and envying that power. But Prahlad said that the source of my power and the source of your power is the same. We all get our power from the same source. We may think that I'm, I'm getting it by myself or in some other way. Just like all, all power, the we have electric power that there's, there's, can be produced from coal or from the movement of water or from solar panels or from burning oil they are different from atomic fission. So there are various ways of producing electricity, but the original source or the, the original uh, source of that power is the, the subtle fire element. When we say earth, water, fire, air, ether. So fire, that is... Uh, Electricity is a transformation of fire. There there is no sun, no moon, no wind. Prabhupada translates electricity. So electricity is a transformation of fire. We see that sometimes the lightning forks up, like fire goes up into the sky, or, or we put the plug into the socket and sparks come. <clears throat> so the source of all power is Krishna. And one becomes most powerful by recognizing the source of that power. And one will be bereft of that power if he defies the source of that power. Now here we see that Arjuna, he wasn't defying Krishna, but he'd been given some special power for a special purpose, and then it was withdrawn. So Arjuna is famous as Dhanadhara, as the bearer of the bow, Gandiva bow. He's famous as Parantapa, the one who defeated his enemies. He's famous as Dhananjai, one who by his heroic exploits uh, brought wealth for performing the sacrifice. He's not remembered for his... He's not famous for having been conquered by what were apparently a gang of cowherd men. So he's, he's glorious. His power 
made him glorious. He used that in the service of Krishna. Whereas Hiranyakashipu, although he's known as being very remembered as being powerful, but he's more remembered for being defeated by Nushimhadev. So Arjuna's power brought him glory even though he was taken away. And Hiranyakashipu's power brought him infamy. It was also taken away by the Lord. He gives and he takes away. So the source of Hiranyakashipu's power, the source of Arjuna's power, the source of Prahlad's power, and the source of all of our power is Krishna. We all have some power. Everyone has some power. Even to pick up this cartel requires some power. An ant cannot do that. Even a lot of ants put together can't pick up a cartel. Sometimes you see ants, they pick up some big bug, and you're surprised how the little ants can pick up a bug which is much bigger than them. But they have their limit. Any number of ants put together can't pick this cartel up and take it away. Although for us it's a very easy thing to do so. But Krishna can take that power away also. Sometimes when you become very sick, you don't have the power even to get up. I remember once in Calcutta, I was lying so sick, and the, the bathroom door was just on the other side of the room, and I would look at it for for like hours, thinking, how can I possibly... I hadn't go past water, but it's just a... How can I get up? It's, it's just I couldn't, I couldn't think it possible to get up and go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's just, where's the energy to do that? So the same body that was a short time before that, running up and down stairs and jumping and kirtan, but then sickness came and then even to stand up and walk to the bathroom is, I, it's like more difficult than climbing Mount Everest in, the, in good health, it seemed to me. So Krishna gives and Krishna takes away. And Krishna gives power to each jiva. He gives opulence, power, according to their karmana daivanetrena jantur dehobhati, according to what they deserve and what they, in the case of a great devotee like Arjuna, power is given to him. There's no question of deserving according to his fruitive results, but according to how he can utilize that. So a devotee may become empowered for a specific purpose. Just like devotees are going out and distributing books and we'll find that when we're doing that, if we're really praying to Krishna and not thinking, I am the doer, then Krishna gives the intelligence what to say just so that the person will become enlivened to take the book. Whereas if we're thinking, I'm going to distribute the books, then we don't get the mercy of Krishna and we don't get the... we, we don't distribute. People, they're, they're, they're not uh, inclined to take. But if simply praying to Krishna, then the power comes. It's not our power. The power comes to, to just exactly what should be said. And the person becomes uh, inclined to take the book. So, so many examples like that. Devotees are empowered by Krishna to spread Krishna consciousness. Kali Kali Yuga Dharma Nama Shankitan 
Krishna Shakti Bina Naheta Prabhupada. In this Kali Yuga, the Yuga Dharma or the method of uh, approaching Bhagavan is through Harinam Sankirtan. And one who is empowered by Krishna can do that work of spreading Krishna consciousness. Some devotees are extremely, they're, they're especially empowered, we can see, we will say, one a highly empowered devotee, we understand as Shatya Veshavata, someone who came to this world specifically for the purpose of spreading Krishna consciousness, being empowered by the Lord. So we accept great powerful acharyas like Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Swartakwa, Srila Prabhupada, Madhvacharya, Ramanuja Acharyas. They're, they're not ordinary persons who were born because of their karma, just like some people used to say that this Bhaktivedanta Swami, he was a good businessman, and then because of that he was able to be successful in spreading Krishna consciousness. Prabhupada commenting on that one said, well, it may be true to some extent, but that's some worldly knowledge, but that's not the that's not the main reason. It's because Krishna wanted it. He wanted to work through Prabhupada. So that may be uh, uh, an extenuating factor, but it's not it's not the essential factor. Krishna whoever said that they have no idea what Krishna consciousness is because Krishna consciousness is not spread by any material means. They just wanted to re reduce Prabhupada's glorious transcendental efforts. They just wanted to say that it's all mundane. So that's envious actually to make a statement like that. So certainly Prabhupada was uh, highly empowered by the Lord and he empowered his disciples also to take up Krishna consciousness and spread it to others. So one who is desirous to serve the Lord, to serve Krishna, Krishna empowers him. Devotees are all very special people. If we see the horoscopes, I heard the other day we were looking at horoscopes of devotees. So, when we hear someone's horoscope, devotees, you'll find something like this. Very pious soul, very righteous person, an empowered soul. The other day I saw some, someone had written for one of my disciples some, some astrological comments, an empowered soul. So, if you read that you might think, oh well, I'm, I'm very special. If you think like that, immediately all the power goes away. <laughs> the power comes by thinking, Jogata bichare kichu nahipai tomara karunasha. That I don't have any power of my own, which is a fact. None of us have any power of our own. Empowered means we don't have any power of our own. It means that the power is coming from somewhere else. Shaktyavesh, not shaktiman. There's a difference. Shaktyavesh means empowered and Shaktiman means powerful. There's a difference. Bhagavan is Shaktiman. And to every Anksha, Jiva, to every Jiva he gives some power. To some, to Hitler was also very powerful. He also got his power from, from Krishna in an indirect way through the agency of Kali, the destructive feature of the material energy. 
not that he was worshipping Kali directly, but he was also empowered. Kali is also very powerful. So everyone gets power, but a devotee is empowered by the Lord according to his degree of surrender, of thinking that I am not myself anything great, just like Prabhupada always used to say, if anything is ever, whatever wonderful thing happened to me in spreading Krishna consciousness, all the mercy of my Guru Maharaj, because he thought like that, the mercy came through. And if we think like that, then we can also become empowered. And Prabhupada, he wanted that his disciples become empowered to take up this Krishna consciousness and spread it everywhere. And certainly... Uh, many special souls are taken to Krishna consciousness. You don't have to go to an astrologer to see that, but if you do, then you can see that you'll, you'll find in the chat something like this. Pious, very very pious, very righteous, and then uh, maybe something like this. Empowered We have to be very careful though. You see something like that and then you start to think, well, I must be greater than Lord Brahma or something like that. Then you lose your whole balance. There's uh, your, your, whole, your whole perspective of thinking, I am an insignificant servant. As long as one thinks like that, then one is safe in Krishna consciousness. As soon as one starts to think, well, I'm very special, and then the power starts to drain away and we've seen it in our movement some of our devotees they were actually very powerful and they but they became intoxicated by that power and then the power just drained away so when we see and you may see empowered soul but then you should under, we should understand that this is not an intrinsic feature of of me because i i by the grace of the Lord, if he sows desires, his energy, some small part of his energy may work through me. But he is the giver and the taker of power, so he can take it away at any time. doesn't matter what the chart says. <laughs> the chart says empowered, but you can lose that power also by thinking, I am empowered. Or... By trying to be empowered, one loses the power. One should simply think how to become a servant. If one starts to think that, yes, now I should, I should be, I should, my name should go down in history. Just like there was one of our God brothers, he said, well, he said, I was studying uh, religious history. But then I thought, instead of studying religious history, I should make religious history. And he did in a small way. He made a big mess. Of, he, got a, he got some followers and then made a big mess because he thought that he would introduce that if he was just following what his guru did, then where would be his glory? So he, he introduced some radical changes to the system of Krishna consciousness. And uh, not surprisingly, his situation in Krishna consciousness also radically changed. So within the small world of Iskon, he's become infamous. 
So he, he was already famous, he was already respected, but he thought, I have to do something more and different to really prove myself. He didn't... He was interested in being glorious, so he didn't see that the glory is just simply in following Śrīla Prabhupāda. He had to do something different. And then he became infamous. <laughs> so, this is a, it's a trap actually to think that I should become well-known, I, be, I should go down in history, that people in the future they will write books about me and I will be recorded. Yeah. I will be recorded and uh, my samadhi will become a pilgrimage site and people all over the world will recognize me as a great religious leader. That desire can contaminate the heart. And then instead of acting in a manner which is for the benefit of others and acting, always thinking that one is a servant of one's guru, one is acting in such a way that one will be noticed, acting in such a way that people will become uh, awed or impressed that, oh, this is a very great spiritual person. But what happens actually, that if you do like that, then you start to attract very shallow people. And people who are actually serious, they can see through it. It's just, a, it's just yet another showman. There are, there are millions of people trying to make religious history. There's, India especially is, is full of so many bogus people who want to advertise themselves as incarnations or Mahabhagavats or something like this. So one can call oneself Jagat Guru or Rasik Shiramani, the best of the Rasik devotees and or whatever. One can put one some title or try to show one is better than the previous Acharyas, the the most significant Acharya in history or whatever. But it's a, it guaranteed to be a flop because it's not real. We're chanting now every morning the second canto, second chapter, first verses of Srimad Bhagavad Gita. Nasato vidyate bhavo, na bhavo vidyate sataha. That which is real will last. And that which is not unreal, it won't last. So there are many varieties of cheating or misrepresentation of religion. And they come in very... That's always there in various forms. But the actual reality of Krishna consciousness, that will go on eternally because that is the eternal dharma of the jiva which is given by Bhagavan who is eternal and maya is here we see the word is bandhurupi Bhagavan is bandhurupi he came as in the form of a friend to Arjuna and maya is bahurupini 
She comes in many forms. All transformations of forgetfulness of Krishna, envy of Krishna. So if one starts to think, I, I'm very special or people should notice me, then even in even if the name of bhakti, if we do that, then what's going on in, is that instead of cultivating our mood of utter subservience to Krishna and his devotees, we are actually cultivating envy of Krishna. It's maya. To think, I should be noticed, I should be considered very big, I am special, I deserve respect, that means we are trying to take the position of Krishna. Now, it is the, the duty of one who has accepted, it's a great paradox, as Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasara Thakur pointed out, is a great paradox that, you know that word paradox? Dvidha. It's a dilemma. How a devotee who is cultivating subservience to Krishna, when he takes the role of guru, then by Krishna's order he has to accept respect. But he doesn't accept it on his behalf. As soon as he accepts if he starts thinking, now this is for me, then you get spiritual indigestion. It sits like a stone. Just like you can't digest food. It may be like feeling like a big stone in the stomach. And it just causes sickness. So, in the same way, we, we the jiva has no power to digest respect. And it, it, unless he offers that to Krishna then through the disciplic succession then it simply turns into poison so a devotee everything he does is for the pleasure of Janada Bhagavan Krishna not for the Janata not for the people in general the devotee is not an actor on a stage who is hoping that at the end of the performance people will clap that is not that becomes a showman. Showman makes a show and his reward is hearing everyone clap. But a devotee, he simply wants to please Krishna. Even if the whole janata do not like him and do not cheer him, he doesn't care. He wants to satisfy Krishna. And quite likely if he's trying to satisfy Krishna, then the the janata, the people in general, they won't like it because the people in general, they have viparita ruchi, they have perverted taste. Hmm. That's why people say that, uh, well, we should, we should be normal and then the, we should be like normal people and then the people, will res the people in general will respect us and accept us. We don't well, we hear it in India also. It's quite common in the West. Some of our big leaders are promoting this. But the problem with this is that to do the things that are considered respectable and worthy by the Kamis, it's all antithetical to Krishna consciousness. 
that you should be materially ambitious and have a big house and a big car and, and all this kind of thing, then, then uh, it, I mean, it's possible to have these things in Krishna consciousness, but cultivating the desire for all these things, it's uh, antithetical to Krishna consciousness. And then we, we should take our children to the movies and so but all these things then the people will think oh yes they're normal but but it's all works against Krishna consciousness so actually one has to be empowered by Krishna even to follow Krishna consciousness one has to take strength from Krishna because everyone is very much concerned what others think of us it's very difficult to overcome this this uh, desire not to be considered odd, to be accepted by the people in general. It's very difficult to go against the, what people in general are thinking and to, to accept criticism of others. So one, one has to have power. That power comes from conviction that, yes, this is the correct path and whatever everyone else says is not the correct path. What Krishna is giving us, that is correct. What everyone else is following, that's not correct. So one has to be convinced of that. Then one gets the power to follow, even though people may scorn us and dislike us. And then what to speak? Anyway, people, the karmis, they're all criticizing each other anyway. So don't think that if you, if you try, I shall be a model karmi, and then the people won't, then they'll accept us. But the karmis, they're all, they just criticize each other anyway. If they don't criticize you for being a devotee, they'll criticize you for something else. That's they're envious by nature. And anyway, why should you care so much about what they think? But uh, one one needs to be empowered to follow this process and, and to bring others to this process. That requires power from Krishna, that one is so much convinced and so much wanting to serve the parampara and so much compassionate for others that he's able to change other ways, other people's way of thinking. That is the meaning of preaching. Jibe viparita ruchi pari bartam kara pracha. That's Bhaktisiddhanta That preaching means to change the perverted mentality of the conditioned soul. So becoming one of them, that doesn't do the job. That means that they changed us. But, but it means, to, that, that's why Prabhupada said, we shouldn't care about public opinion. We should, we should change them to be like us, not us to be like them. So that requires power from Krishna to do that. One can do so by... Uh, being very humble and considering oneself a servant. If one wants to take respect from others for being a great preacher, then actually one cannot preach. If one is anxious that I will be famous as a, as a great preacher and people will respect me, then we can't preach. We might be able to gather many people around us. But that doesn't fit the definition of preaching. Jiva biparita ruchi paribartankara. Preaching means to change, affect a change in the way of people's, their whole mentality and their whole outlook. So 
preaching isn't just a, a matter of gathering many people to say jai but if it means to change the whole way of thinking and as again as Srila Bhaktisthan Sarasvati Thakur said just to even to bring one person actually into Krishna consciousness you may have to spend hundreds and hundreds of gallons of blood how much effort is required Chidrakta transcendental blood that means not that we're giving what is that blood transfusions blood donations but uh, means so much transcendental effort and one has to be prepared to one has to be very tolerant and so many times you're preaching to people and they're coming up and they look and then all of a sudden they just go away and they may even be, may become envious of you or turn against you preaching as we've often heard it said is a thankless task if we want that people will appreciate then we can do something like that lokaranjana something to please people what they think is pleasing but actually preaching it appears to the non-devotees or the materially attached devotees prakrita bhaktas what actual preaching appears to be a threat to them <laughs> that we're threatening them with having to give up their material desires and everything they've dedicated their life for everything they believe in if the uh, if the leaders of society actually read these books they'd either become devotees or they'd ban them because they're actually very very dangerous books we're advocating close the slaughterhouses close the factories no more oil drilling it's uh, all religions uh, all so called religions they should all be stopped it's all cheating religion only religion bhagavad gita as it is so from the karmi point of view what prabhupada is advocating is very hard line Actually, it's a very soft line. I mean, soft line means that those who are soft-hearted, they will appreciate. But people are very hard-hearted. They make a show of being very broad-minded and we, we appreciate everybody. They appreciate nobody. They, 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 uh, this we appreciate everybody means that you give me enough space to do my sense gratification. You don't disturb my sense gratification and I won't disturb yours. And then I like you and you like me. But it's just mutual, it's actually based on mutual envy. So everything what the Kamis say, it's all opposite of what they actually mean. And, they, they're, and they're, they're expert in double talk, hypocrisy. And devotees, they speak the truth. That everything else except Krishna consciousness is simply violence. The worst violence is not to give knowledge of Krishna. They're complaining, oh, why they're attacking Iraq. That's bad. But then uh, everyone is violent. If parents give the, they, they give the TV to their children to watch, that's violence. If they don't teach them about Krishna, that's violence. Because it, it is 
anything except teaching about Krishna is is uh, severely detrimental to the benefit of that jiva. So one has to be empowered by Krishna to first of all to accept this that, that mostly we don't want to accept to understand this philosophy even to understand even to understand what's in Prabhupada's books is very straightforward and clear but unless we ourselves are very straightforward and clear that what we want then we'll read something else <laughs> we'll find something else it's quite possible to read Prabhupada's books if one is reading in a, in a different mood than that of being a blank slate Krishna, Arjuna said to Krishna I accept everything you say Krishna if we're, if we're reading in a different mood then it's quite possible for us to pervert what Prabhupada says and, and think well well this doesn't apply to me especially when there's so much propaganda going around like this that this this does this propaganda going around don't be fanatical by fanatical they mean don't follow the basic principles that Prabhupada taught us that all the Acharyas and Shastras have taught us and they're out of envy out of disobedience to Prabhupada out of cultivation of their viparit ruchi out of hypocrisy they label just following the basic principles of Krishna consciousness they call it fanaticism it's actually very offensive to Srila Prabhupada to redefine everything that he came to everything that he came to teach they've they've packed it up in a parcel and put it on a shelf called fanaticism don't go near there dangerous substance and they go on with their plans for enjoying this material world with, with a label of Krishna consciousness on it. So to preach Krishna consciousness, one requires power from the Lord. First of all, we should understand what that preaching is. Preaching isn't just collecting many people who don't really care for you. They'll, they'll say jai, but they don't care for you because they care for their sense gratification. One who cares for his sense gratification only cares for someone else as long as they can give sense gratification to them. There's no actual love in this material world. Just every what, what, they, what they call love is that you become attached to someone due to their ability to give me sense gratification. But actual love begins from the platform of surrender to Krishna, to give up, uh, what is it? Nija Prati Cheshta, what is that Bhaktivinoda Thakur says? Bharashacharya, I've given up hope of my, if in my own endeavors to, to act for, my, for myself. Surrendered so. Bhaktivinoda Thakur very kindly taught us in so many songs what does it mean to surrender to Krishna? Bhaktivinoda Thakur is an empowered soul. He has 
presented Krishna conscious in his writings in a manner that is not possible for a, a materially attached devotee even though he presents himself as materially attached to teach us it's not possible for a materially attached devotee or for one who is not completely pure in heart they cannot present Krishna conscious so nicely so clearly in his songs in his writings so he is empowered but one who thinks I should become empowered it's a very foolish idea I should be I should become famous what is what is the use what is the point so many this uh, Vidyapati says what is that that Koto uh, Chaturanana Mari Mari Jautu how many Brahmas have come and gone we're thinking I shall be very big I shall be recognized with how many Brahmas universal creatures have come and gone we don't even know their names even great religious leaders we'll find in this Rasik Mangal there's a description that they're giving the names of so many devotees lists of names it says such and such Padmanabhadas or something like this. he had thousands of disciples and that's the only mention so they have thousands of disciples but you, you still might not get recorded in history rather the great devotees just like we see Gopal Bhatta Goswami then Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami came for his blessings to write Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita he said yes on one condition you don't mention me that was his attitude of course he mentioned he mentioned his name when he was listing the name of the six Goswami it's just that these are my gurus but he didn't write anything about his activities because he banned him from doing so that was his attitude of course some devotees they may allow their activities to be told just to create faith in others but if one is thinking how others should notice me of course it's not everyone's thinking I'll be a great guru but at any level if one's thinking people should know that I'm a great Madanga player or a great cook or a great book distributor or whatever a great brahmachari a great grihasta I'm a very good grihasta whatever whatever it may be as soon as we can do anything a little bit good even it may not be very good we still the tendency is to start to become puffed up if we can do something a little bit better than someone else we start to think I am superior so we should know that power is given by Krishna and power is taken by Krishna and even someone may become very powerful in devotional service Krishna can take it all away or he may take the person away also if the person is misleading others Krishna may just take them away it's Krishna's in control we should always know that Krishna's in control we're not able to do anything we may have so many plans even in Krishna's service you may think I'm going to do this and I'll do that but we can't tell Krishna may just take us away at any moment we don't know we've seen in our movement 
that devotees they had plans what they were going to do and then Krishna just took them away for whatever reason he had so we should know that we are completely dependent completely dependent on Krishna's mercy we we don't have any power of our own nothing completely dependent on his mercy and we should not desire that I shall be noticed or respected or this, these desires are very bad they destroy any hope of bhakti one should simply think how I can be the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant let, let me try to serve the mission of of the acharyas and if one does so one may be empowered by them but then the little power comes we have to be careful <laughs> always careful we are always meant to be servants Hare Krishna any question or comment about this So you should pray to become empowered to present all of Prabhupada's books in Punjabi. That's a great service. You do that. Very important service. What's the Punjabi, what's the population, Punjab? Mm, well, people who read Punjabi, you could say, which would be approximately equal to the population of Punjab. 30 million? In East Punjab, that means, not Pakistan side. Tukra, yeah. So that's a lot of people who need to know about Krishna. We have in, in much more minor languages, we have Prabhupada's books translated. In languages like Czech, where the, the I think in Czech the total population... Well, if you put Czech and Slovakia together, where the language is almost the same, it's about 15 million. So they've got all of Prabhupada's books translated. In Holland, where anyway everyone already, everyone knows English anyway, but they have, I'm not sure, but most of the books, I think, at least, translated. What's the population of Holland? Less than about 15 million, something like that. I don't know exactly. Hmm? Is it less? It's a small country, but it's very densely populated. Dutch are very intelligent, materially very intelligent people. Very smart people. It's a much, considering the population of the country, the Dutch are much more prominent than, than uh, you would expect them to be. Very intelligent. We had some very intelligent Dutch devotees. And, uh, there's this Hare Krishna Das. He used to be there in London. He's still very intelligent. He's very, very <laughs> empowered. <laughs> he had a debate with it, with this atheist society in London. So there was a there was a woman representing the atheist society, and whatever she said, he just he just completely defeated it, and she became so frustrated that in the end she said, "Oh my God." <laughs> <laughs> great soul, no doubt. Prabhupada picked up so many great souls. So, anything else? Hmm. 
those who are managing something or the president or something, they get into this control. Yeah, Ishvara Bhav, one who's managing, they get into control. Well, you have to, unless you have that, you can't, uh, you can't manage or control. Management means there's some level of control. That's one of the qualities of the Shatra which is praised, Ishvara Bhava. That's a good quality if it's used in Krishna's service. But just before that, in the 16th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna had decried, Ishvaraham, this Ishvara Bhav is demoniac. And then just shortly after that, in the 18th chapter, well, he must be praising it because he says, what is it? Uh, what are the quality? Tejo, Driti, Dritir, Daksha, Yudhecha, Apalayanam, Danam, Ishvara Bhava. These are all desirable qualities for Kshatriya. This uh, power, expertise, determination, uh, not running away in battle. What is, how does it go? I missed one. Then uh, giving in charity and Ishvara Bhava, the, the feeling of being a controller. So for a Kshatriya, it's, it's good if, if he takes control for the sake of, for the benefit of others. But then if that turns into Ishwaraham Aham Bhogi, instead of thinking Ishwaraham Aham Sevi, I am the servant, if he thinks Aham Bhogi, then he becomes a demon. So, you have to be careful also. Ishvara Bhav means, we should always think just like Bharat, he kept the shoes of Ram, kept the padukas of Ram on the throne, and he ruled the kingdom like that. So we should do like that. If, we, if we're given the charge of taking charge of others, we should do so with the shoes of Ram on our heads. So, in the temples you come and you get the satari, chatari, I think they say in Tamil. They stick it on your head, remember. That's, that's my position. I'm under the shoes of the Lord. Not that I shall step in the shoes of the Lord. Kaikei wanted Bharat to step into Rama's shoes but he wanted to keep them on his head that should be our attitude there's a saying in English to step into someone's shoes it means to take over their role but in Vedic culture that's that's not at all wanted one should become the servant of the lotus feet of the superiors yeah, okay. When the, when the Guru gives the disciple a service, they feel they need some extra energy. Can they pray for that? You must pray, always. Prathana karoye shada narotamadas. Without praying, then we, we don't have the energy doesn't come through. Guru will generally give service higher than the level you're on, and all, so you can always come up, come up, come up. Not just easy that you should be. Yes, this I can do, and then 
That's called the uh, Peter principle in, in management studies. I believe that's called that. Everyone rises to their level of incompetence. That means you're put in some job, and then you can see you can take, you can do more. You can go to a higher position. So you go, you get promoted, and you can see, oh, you're doing well in this. You can go to a higher position. You get promoted and promoted and promoted until you come to a level which is too high for you, and you don't do it properly, and then you stop there. So everyone rises to their level of incompetence. <laughs> when you, when you reach the position where you're doing a, you're incompetent, then you stop there. So. But in Krishna consciousness, you can do anything for Krishna. One of the one of the important qualities of a leader is knowing what he can't do and engaging others to do that. Just like Prabhupada told us, so I believe, of this Ford. Henry Ford, he was, some business competitors took him to court and said, how can you set up all this factory and he, he can't even read and write. So then they called, uh, then they asked, so they cross-examined, they asked him some difficult question about engineering. said, can you answer this? Yeah, no problem. He said, called his chief engineer, said, answer the question. <laughs> he knew who to employ. That's in modern management language, that's called empowering others. Uh, delegating tasks. Empowering, uh, what's the other word? Facilitating others. That you, just like Prabhupada, he, he, uh, he detected the basic fault in the materialistic scientist's reasoning and he engaged his scientist disciples to investigate that further and expose that in terms that the scientists could understand and relate to. So Prabhupada didn't personally think, well now I have to go to university and study all these things, but he, he gave the task of doing that to others. And even I remember years ago that uh, Prabhavishnu Swami told me, it was his observation, because he had been with Prabhupada, he'd, he didn't have so much association, he had some association of Prabhupada in England, but he had more in India. So he told me that to, in, in the West, Prabhupada, he kind of started the movement and then he let, just let the devotees carry it on, according they how they could, they know how to do things according to their way. Of course, he didn't like the the lavish spending, Prabhupada didn't like that feature of American life. But he said in India, Prabhupada managed every detail because he was bringing the Western devotees and they didn't know how to operate in that culture. So Prabhupada personally controlled every little thing down what is the price of the sabji, why are you spending so much? He would be on top of everything. But in the West, he... Uh, he gave the basic principles and he let the devotees, this is Prabhupada's observation, he let the devotees spread the, he gave ideas and this and that, but he didn't get so much involved. He let the devotees work it out themselves, how, how to operate in their own culture. So that was one of the 
we we can see one of who is a recently someone wrote to me they're doing some uh, m- management course or something like this so one of the tasks he was set in the university one of the tasks he was set was to to write about a great leader and he wrote about Prabhupada so uh One of Prabhupada's great qualities was that he brought out leadership qualities in others. I mean, who could have imagined that some of these hippies and then they become leaders? He 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 managed them and then he 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 gave them big things to do. So it was like a challenge for them and it, then they like someone with that management or that leadership tendency that's the kshatri above they like a challenge they want something something big to do so prabhupad gave that and at the same time he controlled them all i remember seeing who's that saying that you that prabhupad physically prabhupad was not very big he was about 5 foot 6 inches tall something like that what well, what's that in centimeters i don't know but not very tall and there'd be all these huge brahmananda so big and then and hari kesh very tall and not just not just big physically but big egoistically also i'm not saying that's not necessarily saying that in a bad way but they they were big men you know they they were everyone knew they were big men tamal krishna a big you know big heavy leader prabhupad had them under control sometimes he had to whip them but prabhupad had them under control very strong personality you could say power came from krishna so prabhupad he was definitely the leader everyone could recognize that in a way which uh if we compare to bhaktisiddhan sosa takot he didn't take that kind of role actually bhaktisiddhan sosa takot he was more with He knew what was going on in the imagination he was more withdrawn it was, it was Prabhupada was like he was like the the commander in chief of the forces making play okay you go there you do the we have this plan distribute the books in America send the money to India we're going to build the temples so Prabhupada was coordinating everything like that but he was always a humble servant that we can learn from studying Prabhupada how one can be a uh A, a real leader and at the same time be more humble than a blade of grass you had a question well how about speaking it in here all right never mind shaktyaveshavata yeah how they react to their horoscope well prithu maharaj is a shaktyaveshavata for ruling the world and that's predicted that was predicted at the uh, at the time of his that's described there how they they read his astrological chart and this and that he's going to be a great ruler and this and that so how did he react to his astrological chart when when people started to praise him he said don't praise me i didn't do anything yet <laughs> so when i do something you praise that that may be appropriate but not in a the the chart is there all right but you know it's just a chart right now so let's see what happens that's what i think when these politicians they get voted into power and they celebrate and everything why are they celebrating after doing something they should celebrate 
that we do we did something we we did some service to the people then they should celebrate but they celebrate it mean the, the fact that they celebrate that they got elected shows that they wanted to be elected for their own sense gratification they wanted to enjoy the position actually they shouldn't celebrate they should humbly say well thank you for your putting your faith in me and i'll i'll do my best to in, to the best of my capacity to serve you that they should say but they have no idea democracy in india is a flop democracy has been taken over by all the worst class of people <laughs> all the criminals so what's the meaning the democracy in india is just another is just another mafia operation not so politics is dominated by all of so it's a hopeless situation for the citizens you you can't vote for an honest person because there's no honest people in politics well they say the prime minister of india is, the present prime minister is an honest man but then you know a man by his company and his company is not good at all so he's honestly supporting all the rogues so what's the use of that better have one arjuna one parikshit than thousands of these gundas mlecha rajanya rupina prajaste bhakshya shanti mlecha rajanya rupina bhagavatam already predicted that in kali yuga the mlechas meat eaters in the form of kings raja means who is a very noble person but the mlecha means one who doesn't follow any vedic principles the worst people they have taken the position of the leaders of society and their job is to eat the citizens maybe figuratively or it has even been uh what's the word actually there was one in the 1970s the, the ruler of uganda used to eat his political opponents literally to kill them and eat them idi amin but figuratively they eat they make you work so hard and they take it all, all away in taxes they they eat your energy and then they whatever little money they give they